0: The purpose of Jesus. That's what we want to build our lives around. I've been giving this a lot of thought. I'm pretty sure my yard in Panama City was the best yard I've ever had. Uh, I think that's the one that I, I got the greenest. That's the one that I got to to look the best. In fact, I, I remember that yard so well and so vividly. I remember one time after I got done working in the yard all day on Saturday that we ordered a pizza on Saturday night, and I remember that poor pizza driver, delivery guy, I, I tried to give him a tour of the yard and showed nothing. I know you've got other places to go. I know you've got other yards to see. But really, out of all the places you've been today, this has got to be the best yard you've ever seen. It was a fantastic yard, and I had gotten the fertilizer down. I'd gotten all the herbicides down. I mean, it looked good, except for one corner. There was one corner that just didn't quite measure up. And the problem with that was is that when I would water in the fertilizer, when I would spray out the herbicide when i put the hose on one side of the house i'd go around the whole yard and i'd get to that spot and it did not reach and then i'd take the hose off and say well let me try the other spigot and i'd go over that side and i'd move the hose over to that one spot the hose just would not reach that far Now, maybe you've got a spot in your yard that's something similar. Maybe there's a spot in your house that never gets vacuumed because the the, the, the extension cord doesn't quite reach all that way. Maybe there's a bald spot on uh, on your Christmas tree because there's a a space right there in the back that you can never quite get to. Maybe there is a spot on the old family wagon that never quite gets washed because you can't quite reach that spot. Reach is difficult. There are just some things that you cannot reach. But if I got good news for you, here is the good news. Dare I say great news. God's grace reaches beyond any place that we imagine. God reaches, God's grace reaches even beyond any place that we have ever imagined that it could. In fact, let me unpack this for us a little bit from the Word of God this morning. Uh, Let's see what I'm talking about. Uh, the, The first thing that I want you to see in this passage is that I want you to see that God's grace reaches me at my worst. God's grace reaches me at my worst. This whole chapter, Luke chapter 15 that we looked at last week and we're looking at this week, is the, is the passage of lost stories. It is the stories about lost things. Remember we talked about the lost sheep, we talked about the lost coin, and then we talked about the lost son. Now, what's interesting is that the stories that Jesus tells is about the pursuit of those lost things. God pursues, even in this moment, at this very hour, God is pursuing the things that are lost. Now, it is interesting in this set of three stories. You've got the sheep, you've got the coin, and you've got the son. Some of those things are lost almost accidentally. And some of those things are lost intentionally. The coin never got up one morning and said, you know what, I'm going out on my own. Uh, The coin said, you know what, I'm tired of hanging out with these other nine coins. It is time that I found some freedom and I am hitting the road. I am getting out of here. If we were to believe anything about sheep, that sheep didn't have any thoughts about anything. In fact, that's how the sheep got lost. There was no intentionality. It It just happened. But the son, he did get up, and he did say, I'm blowing this place. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to go as far away as I possibly can. You see, some of the lost is circumstantial. Some of the lost is accidental. Some of the lost is intentional. And, you know, there's some theological truth in putting all of those things together. Here's the reality about our lives. Because of the fall, because of the entry to sin in this world, we are born lost. Like that coin. You didn't have to make a determination at birth and say, you know what, I'm out of here. What happened is just by the nature of sin that broke into this world and therefore has contaminated every life that has ever drawn breath. There are reality that we just are lost to begin with and almost the moment we can begin to make decisions for ourselves, we start heading out in the wrong way by ourselves. We're born lost and then we keep getting further lost. Now, you might not necessarily be in the pig pen with the sun in that level of rebellion, but wherever it is, from the moment that we are born lost to whatever state of outward rebellion that you are, or inward rebellion that you are in right now, God's grace comes and reaches us in every single one of those places along that line. All across that continuum, God's grace is enough for every single person across that. So whether you are sheep-like, coin-like, or sun-like, all are lost, and God's grace reaches to every single point along that journey. Now, really, if you stop and you think about this, and you kind of chew on this a little bit, there's only one place that God's grace won't reach, and that is to the person who is presented with God's grace. And they say, what else you got? If if you are given the grace of God, if it is presented to you and you're like, that's not really what I'm feeling like today. I would like something else. If you reject the grace of God, that's the only place that the grace of God won't reach is to the person who rejects it. Now, who on earth would reject the grace of God? Well, sometimes the grace of God is rejected because a person says, well, I don't need the grace of God. I'm doing just fine on my own. Ah, You know, to receive grace means that I've got to receive forgiveness. I've got to acknowledge that there's some things in my life that are broken, some things in my life that are out of order. And every once in a while, we don't want to have to make that admission. Every once in a while, we say, I'm doing just fine. In fact, I'm doing better than Fred is. Or Frederica, or whoever it is. I'm doing better than them. The other place is, sometimes we reject grace because we say, you know what, I don't, I don't need anybody's help. I can do this on my own. And I have had more conversations with people who would say this in different words. But they would say, you know what, I'm going to come back to God when I get the rest of my life straightened. There's something about the fact that God gives a gift of grace. I I, I, I want to pull my weight. I want to pull my own. Listen, the only entryway is grace. And when we say, I don't need grace, or I've got another plan, those are the only places that grace can't reach. But I'm going to tell you that for every other person, every other circumstance, every other life, Every other moment, God's grace reaches me in my most honest, my most revealing, my most worst situations. You see, the reach of God's grace is amazing. The second thing that I want you to see in this place is that God's grace reaches my neighbor. God's grace reaches my neighbor. How awesome is this? God didn't just save me, but he saves my neighbor, my brother, my sister. Even a couple of folks that I don't like. God's grace reaches to them. Now, really the heart of this section of the chapter deals with the fact that sometimes that bugs us. Now, I've spent a couple of weeks on this truth, trying to figure this out. Why is this brother so mad? Why is this older brother so angry about the forgiveness that's extended to the younger brother? Remember, Jesus is telling these stories because the Pharisees are upset that Jesus is extending grace to people that they don't think deserve grace. Why does the brother struggle with grace to other people? Why do the Pharisees struggle with grace to other people? Why do I struggle with grace to other people? In reading this passage I can't help but think of Jonah Remember Jonah, he's sent to the great city of Nineveh. He doesn't particularly like the people in Nineveh. They're kind of the enemy. And so when God sends him to Nineveh, he takes a detour, and there's a whole story there. But but he gets to Nineveh, and it says it's a great city. It has 120,000 souls. And Jonah walks from one side of that city to the other side of that city, and he preaches, he preaches repentance, and he preaches repentance, and he preaches repentance. Listen, you know what preachers like? They like it when you preach and then somebody responds. I got to tell you, I've hung out with preachers. I happen to know preachers. I happen to be a preacher. We like it when somebody responds. Jonah preaches in this city from one side of the town to the other side of the town. Says, listen, if you all don't repent, God is going to destroy this city. The whole city repents. A hundred twenty thousand people repent. And Jonah throws himself a pity party. He wanted to watch some good old destruction. But God extended grace to the whole city, and then Jonah, you preached. Repentance, and they did. And you're mad. Why do we struggle? Why do we struggle with grace to somebody else? Imagine for a moment, if, if when you get home from church today, there's a little bit of commotion around your house. It's in the backyard. You know, what is going on? They have struck oil on your property. Not just, not just a little bit. I mean, we're talking Jed Clampett kind of oil strike in your backyard. It's life-changing. You came to church, minding your own business. You go back, and you're a, a millionaire, you know, as they, they say in the song. What would you do with that kind of cash? Just take just a moment, just let your mind go, uh, Where would you move to? Where would you travel to? What, what size boat would you buy? You know, where, where, What kind of car would you, would you get? I mean, well, just think about those things. Oh man. the oil strike in the backyard. I don't know the answer to this question for you. But would it take away some of the fun if I also told you that every one of your other neighbors also struck oil in the yard? Maybe you're such a magnanimous person, but there's something about, I'm special! And then when you find out that everyone else in the neighborhood is just as special as you are, why do we struggle with grace to other people? Do we feel like they don't deserve it? Do we, do we feel like there's only a limited amount of grace and it might run out before we get seconds? Is it because we, we're so glad that God does these things for us that it makes me feel so special that God saved me? But if he's saving everybody else as well, I don't, I don't quite feel special. Imagine, I'm asking you to do a lot of imagining today. This one's really going to stretch you. Uh, imagine that I, that I decided I wanted to organize a two-on-two basketball tournament for all of Hammond. You know, kind of fun. We, maybe we use the, the parking lots out here and we, we get a good little tournament. We get every basketball player in town uh, to come. And um, I decided I, I want to participate. You know, I, I had a birthday, just turned 51. But, you know, I, I feel like I still got game. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to play. Now, here's my secret. I got LeBron James' phone number. And I call LeBron because that's what I call him. I call LeBron. So, listen, I, I need you to come spend the weekend in Hammond. Uh, you and me are going to play in a, in a two-man tournament. Guess who gets the big trophy at the end of the weekend? It's me and LeBron. Now, if you watch that at all, you're going to know who kind of carried that team. I did. No, 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 no. <laughs> LeBron did. I mean, he didn't just carry the team. I mean, he, he carried the team. And so if for the next five years, you hear me walking around bragging about how me and LeBron won this tournament, me and LeBron did this, and me and LeBron did that, you're like... Dude, no, you didn't. (laughs) That was mostly LeBron. Like, that was all LeBron. You can't brag about that. In fact, maybe a better illustration is that instead of bragging about how me and LeBron won a two-man tournament, that I brag about how me and LeBron won the NBA finals last year. Now, I wasn't on the team. In fact, I didn't even attend any of the games and, and, and come to think about it, I didn't even watch it on TV. But, but if I walked around and said, Yeah, me and LeBron, we won. That's crazy. You all know. <laughs> that was LeBron. Let me tell you, I think one of the struggles that we have when it comes to grace to other people is that sometimes we think me and Jesus saved me. I mean, me and Jesus did this. Man, you weren't even in the game. That was all Jesus. You didn't even watch it on TV. He carried you. I think some of the reason why the older brother, some of the reason why Jonah, some of the reason why the Pharisees struggle with the idea of grace to other people is that it feels like it makes me like not as center of it. Man, I, I kind of want to ask Jonah about this. Dude, you still smell like the inside of a fish. He just rescued you. You knucklehead, you ran away. He sent a storm. You got thrown overboard. He sent a fish to swallow you up and keep you alive so that you could preach another day. Dude, you're mad that God saved somebody else? Listen, I don't know why that is. And and you may say, well, that's not me. That that, that doesn't describe my story at all. I'm going to tell you that that God puts these stories in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Jonah and the older brother. That's got to tell me that it's got to show up in at least a couple of our lives someplace. You know, our our favorite song for for centuries now has been Amazing Grace. That's a good one, isn't it? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. He saved me. Sometimes I wonder, though, if we don't need to, on occasion, sing it a little bit different. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch Like him. Amazing grace. They once were lost. But now they're found. She was blind. But now she can see. See it's not just my grace. It's the fact that God's grace. Reaches all the way. To my neighbors. As well. God's grace not only reaches to my neighbor but maybe it makes an even longer journey and God's grace reaches to my heart. The older brother man he he's got a problem here. The older brother never left physically geographically but man there's some insights into his heart here there are some unpacking of his heart here there are signs that his heart was never home his body never left but his heart was never home listen to the anger that he has listen to the bitterness that he has listen to the exaggerations why I've never done anything wrong dad Anybody got kids? Anybody buying that from a grown adult child? I have never let you down a single time in my life. Come on, man. He exaggerates his brother's sins. We just know that the brother wasted the money. He probably wasted it on prostitutes. And then he backs up. He says, this son of yours i 'm not even in this family this is not my this is not my thing whatsoever this is not me at all. Could this be your story I'm serious here. Could it be that that you come to church every single week? You're in the right place at the right time, week in and week out. But your heart is someplace else. See, I, I think that this older brother, man, he, I don't know what it is, but basically, the older brother is the prodigal of the driveway. He never left. But he refused to come in. And he was distant because of that. And what in this story Jesus tells him is, you've got to change the way you see that guy. Because I want you to notice that the father, that the son says, this son of yours, your problem, not mine. And when the father replies, the father replies, he says, your brother. This is yours. And he says, you've got to understand the way I see it. The way I see it is that my son was dead. But now he's alive. He was lost. But now he's found. And if you can't celebrate that, if you can't see the joy in that, if you can't see the reason why we stop everything for that, and man, grace has got to get to your heart. Grace has got to reach your heart. But did you notice? We, we spend a great deal of time talking about the Father on the porch. Runs to meet the son as he comes back. But do you know where this conversation with the older son happens? It happens outside the house as well. Because just as much as the father ran to meet the younger son who had been rebellious so far away, the father also goes out to meet the grumpy, angry older son. You see, there's grace for him and there's grace for him. There's grace for others and there's grace for you. You see because God's grace reaches beyond anything that we ever imagine. Let's think about the now what this morning. I would just mention a handful of things. One of the things I would say to you is Remember, we said that grace reaches across the whole spectrum. The only way to miss out on grace is to say no thanks. And it's possible that there's someone here this morning. Wherever they are on that lostness scale, it's all lost. And whether they just haven't listened, where they haven't believed that they need the grace, or maybe they think that there's another plan. You've never said yes to the grace of God, the saving grace of Jesus. And if that's your story today, I want you to know that you can say yes to that grace today. Man, it's as simple as a heart response, a conversation between you and Jesus that says, I get it. I need that grace. I need that forgiveness. And I want to live under your authority and under your grace for the rest of my life. In a few moments, we're going to pray. But if that's the place where you are, would you use that quiet moment to say yes to that grace? I need it. I want it. Will you give it to me? Spoiler alert, the answer is yes to every person who asks for it. And then, church, as you remember when you said yes to that grace, would you continue to expect that that grace would arrive in the lives of other people as well? That we're not the last ones in? And then, as you keep that in mind, that other people are going to say yes to that grace. That grace is going to flood into other people, even some people that we don't expect, even some people that we don't know, even some people that we don't like. That grace is going to show up. Will you make sure that you're one of the hosts of the party and not a party pooper? Will you make sure you're a host of that party? You you received grace. You, you got the same grace that I did. That is awesome. Let's eat some fatted calf. Be a host and not a party pooper when somebody else gets grace. Our Heavenly Father, your word is so good, it's so true. Lord, this passage, like so many other passages, gives us such encouragement and yet at the same time also calls us to some correction in places of our lives. And so Lord, I pray that we would hear both